0: Dr. Jimmy Ewan received his Bachelor of Science degree in Psychobiology from SUNY Binghampton. He earned his Doctor of Chiropractic degree from the New York Chiropractic College. Dr. Ewan helps world-class athletes improve their performance through leading chiropractic treatments and various techniques. His training has allowed him to treat some of the most elite athletes in the world. He was a member of the treatment team for the winners of the 2018 Ryder Cup Team Europe. He is an instructor for functional movement systems for the functional movement screen and the selective functional movement assessment. In addition to that, Dr. Ewan also has a fellowship in medical acupuncture from the International Academy of Medical Acupuncture. He is a Titleist Certified Golf Fitness Instructor and a Strong First Team Leader, and he is my guest here today. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campione, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. Well, let's get off and running now i'm get, <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh Dr. Jimmy Ewan, we've just had a great laugh about uh I guess making people feel stupid, but in a funny way right so Jimmy what's up, man?
1: doing great uh yeah, just uh just another uh, day of snarkiness, right
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh it's how we get through our lives, right uh, pretty much
1: <laughs> the, the, the uh, you can't have a cheap thrill and chuckle at it, why, why bother? <laughs>
0: So if you look at Jimmy's profile up on warriorrestoration.com, it is extensive, man. You are so well-traveled, so well-educated. You are a wealth of knowledge. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about it. When did you come on with Rock Tape? When did you start? I, you know, if I had to think about it, uh, time flies when you're having fun.
1: So it's been, been a few years. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2016 that um, I officially really started uh, coming on with Rock Tape, so to speak.
0: Cool. Yeah. And you, I mean, you had so much experience before that. You're a chiropractor, yes. uh, uh, educated at New York Chiropractic College, beautiful, beautiful Seneca Falls. Yes. Um, the green streets of Seneca Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and cold too. I'm always there in February for some reason. Yeah. And then you've been an instructor for Functional Movement System, teaching FMS, SFMA. You've uh, worked with uh, champion golfers. Uh, you're a uh, TRX instructor a, uh, strong first team leader, uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist. You have such a large CV. What made you kind of want to come on to the rock tape team? Um, first and foremost,
1: uh, the team is, is really fun. Um, I, I think that that's something that appeals to, to me, um, my office and how I work best And my creative juices, uh, come the best when I have fun. And, uh, Meeting, uh, my first meeting with Steve Capobianco, um, Capo as everybody knows him as, uh, it's, uh, it's it was just like, he was a humble guy, but he liked to have fun in what he did. And it was really genuine. Um, there was not like a, uh, you can kind of sometimes get the vibe like this guy's doing it because of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just really fun to begin with. And uh, the, the team welcomed me all the way through. Um, and I think part of also is that it's the variety of people we have um as a team is is awesome uh there's so many people who are genuinely interested in things that i am not remotely interested at all in really studying or looking more upon but understand that it's valuable for me to know that stuff so we've got guys who love reading research Uh, that's my cure for insomnia you know that's that's kind of the way it works Uh, yeah but it's important (laughs) it's important stuff and uh they like doing it we have guys um who do quite a bit in the pain science world they love the research in that and i like it but it has no been a dug such a deep hole um, you have different it's weird as it sounds they're in the same discipline but they're in different countries so their educational backgrounds other kairo's other other pt's their disciplines and but the the different country makes them look at it in such a different perspective you go huh never thought of it that yeah. way so I think that that's what really made it fun. That's
0: a really good point too, yeah. And um, that's one thing I always cite in my courses is how much I love, love teaching to different professions and not just DCs or, or PTs. You know, having spoken with Allison in the past and, and Greg Van our our founder in the past, you know, one of the bi- bi- big things with Rock Tape was trying to differentiate ourselves away from the polo shirt and khakis at all the conferences and stuff like that. And you definitely fit that mold. Um, but there's always a fun story about how you kind of first came in contact. Let's call it first contact. That's it's like an alien thing. Who did you first talk to with rock tape? How did that actually happen? Like the actual origin story of you coming onto the team? Cause these are always fun stories for me to hear. In a, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> just kidding. Um,
1: nice. <laughs> um actually it, it's, uh, there's a, there, there's a convergence in our, in our world. Um, you, 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 uh, I think you meet people who are genuinely educated, who who want to learn more, and you start seeing the same people uh, over and over again, or you start recognizing the names. Um, the uh, kinesio taping in general, as a broad spectrum, um, I had a lot of famili- familiarity with um, with some of the other trainings that I did, um, and you know took the courses and all that, and I really kind of put it away. Uh, and uh, the way rock tape was coming around, it. Uh, you know, is a, it may have been a perfect storm because social media started to, to become bigger, maybe the last, you know, call it five to eight years or so, where we started seeing it much more regularly. So I started seeing stuff. And my buddy, Mitch Houshel, who I, who I met through uh, TRX sports medicine instructor training, we became friends uh, prior to that. So when I started looking about, he got involved and I just started looking about it. And I'm like, hey, dude, what's the difference? What's going on? Uh, give me the give me the straight, you know, just give it to me. Uh, do I need to take it? What's going on? And what's what's the difference about it? And, you know, he was he was really candid. He he, he just told me, hey, here's what our take on it. Here's what we got. Let's get you to a course. There's really hard for me to say in like a quick 30 second you know, elevator speech um because he knew i've taken the courses and I, to be quite blunt as a cairo i'm not really good, i wasn't good at taping so you learned it you learned some concepts but you put it away because yeah. in a day-to-day practice uh you know part of it's a little insecurity you know that kind of stuff i just decided you know what i, I don't have time to to to, to 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 muddle with it so he kind of put me in and said hey go to a course and uh kind of the rest is history uh, tr- a trusted colleague and friend said go for it and uh, just started getting more and more involved with the with the with the rock tape universe, so to speak.
0: Very cool. So let's let's go back a little bit then kind of, you know, how your origin story in healthcare uh began. You know, were you uh as many of us are an athlete and experiencing injuries? And then maybe you went to a doc and kind of got uh the 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 fire lit under you to get into healthcare. What really brought you into this healthcare world and why specifically becoming a chiropractor?
1: Um I don't have one of those miracle stories, no. uh, but I, it, it was more of you wake up in college, I'm finishing my sophomore year and you go, oh crap, I'm two years away from graduating. I may actually have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I was always involved at athletics um, as a child, um, uh, you know, like a good Asian, I took piano. I did my homework. I did everything, <laughs> of course. Uh, and you, you did athletics uh, to kind of increase your college resume. So I was. I played tennis. I played basketball. High school tennis teams. All that kind of stuff. Um, always involved in stuff. Um, but it was. I, I literally just said, okay, what do I not like to do? You know, one of those kind of process of elimination uh, things that I did. And I knew that there were certain things that in my life that I was probably not cut out for. Uh, so. Having said that, I, I just started looking that, that, that summer between my sophomore and junior year, like, dude, you got to start thinking about what you're going to do, right? Um, and then just uh, it, it, weird, I still remember I drove by and, you know, it, it, when I was a kid, I always used to drive by this place.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was one of those chiropractor offices that had this, this uh, what do you call it? this, this gazebo, but it looked like a spine. So I don't know why. I remember, it. it It was like a gazebo that looked a little bit like a spine. Oh my um, god! And it was actually just angled. It was just angled because of the snow in New York. You'd kind of you wouldn't want something completely flat, or else it would just, you know, cave. Sure. So I said, "What the hell? Let me take a look at it." Um, and you know, that was, was around that summertime. And a buddy of mine, actually in physics class, he got accepted to Cairo School. And that's kind of like the merger of all of that. Actually, so, so he literally, uh, I was like, what the hell is that? You know, started looking into it, Shadowed a few kairos uh, during the summer and uh, pretty much said, you know what? I think I'm, I could do it and I don't hate it. And that, that was really, that's really what it was. Um, because it wasn't like one of those things where I shadowed, oh, no, not being an accountant, not doing this, not doing that. It was like, eh, I think I could do this. And I don't think I'd hate myself for doing it. And then just, uh, and went on and, uh, really by sheer luck, uh, just developed a passion for it. Uh, just because no, no miracle story or anything like that. It was just straight up luck. I think it was just right place, right time, right storm. And there it was. The stars all aligned. Yeah, pretty much. It, (laughs) uh, it's, it's, uh it's it's really weird you know (laughs) like that's i don't have that i hear all these awesome
0: stories and i'm like "Ah, i'd love to have one but i only got the truth (laughs) i think that's awesome in in its own right is you just kind of i i I guess the term is fall into it it's nice to kind of look back and go how did i get here you know but in a positive way um so what you know, what I think a lot of people don't understand uh, about chiropractors and, you know, I teach at a chiropractic school now. So I, I, I experience this on a daily basis is so many students trying to decide what kind of practice they want to have, you know, chiropractors mm-hmm. can have, uh, an, an internal medicine type of specialty. They can, uh, you know, uh, go into, uh, more oriental medicine and kind of combine those things, uh, naturopathic medicine, combine those many of us <clears throat> and many of us on the rock tape team that are chiros, we, go into that musculoskeletal uh, uh, healthcare world so what made you kind of lean into that direction specifically was there something in school that kind of helped you along or was it very similar to just how you kind of got into school in the first place uh, it was just what I was
1: interested in um, yeah. I, I, it, it was it was literally um, uh, it, it was I I think somebody summed this up the best. Um, and it, it was Dr. Greg Rose. He said this once on a podcast and it, it made, it made absolute sense once I heard it after. Um, and he said, you know, figure out what you're going to love, what, what you love to do. And then you got to find that out because in order for you to be successful, you've got to work harder at it and learn about it better than any time that you could think of, you know, more time and commitment to it. So you better love it. So, um, I was just interested in that part of it. I don't know what, Sung to me, what 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 drew me? I just knew that that was something that was fun for me. I like building puzzles. I like putting pieces together. Um, I like thinking out of the box. I like being put under a pressure situation. Um, you know, I have got a game tomorrow. How are we gonna fix it? Fix this? Oh well, we gotta we got we got pitch. You gotta pitch. You gotta figure it out. So so the, and that and that kind of brought me in. And the more I learned, the more I knew I needed to learn more. That's kind of a weird question, but Uh, and with that, with that happening, and that's goes with one of our big rock tape things, we're always learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that every time we learn something, you know, I should hope each time I learn something, I ask a more robust or a better question to learn something else. So that's kind of how my musculoskeletal practice continues to evolve, but how it evolved in this, in this role.
0: I love that too. And I think that's something that's overlooked when we get out of school is constantly asking Why? Um, and then you learn one thing in a way to kind of, you know, motivate you to keep learning and, and going and diving a little bit further. So you have such a wealth of knowledge because you've gone through so much education. You, you are an instructor for a lot of different groups. You know, what uh, what sort of things did you really kind of latch on after school? Because, I mean, you have a plethora of, of different um, uh, certifications and and credentials, you know, soft tissue stuff, exercise assessment, things like that. What kind of uh, brought you out of school and really got you started uh, in practice?
1: Um, what, what brought me out of school and practice was getting a job. Uh, really, you know, once it's kind of a similar thing that I had in college. All right, great, you're about to graduate Cairo school now. What are you going to do? Are <laughs> you going to open? I mean, you really had two options. Are you? Uh, you're, you're, well, I, two options that I know of, right? number one you're going to get become an associate doc, or number two you're going to open up your own practice That's mm-hmm. kind of your two general type of things that you'll get. Um, I became an associate doc um, at another practice, and uh, it was more of just getting some wrench time being a a a learning the the business end of it, but also working with real people i mean I, I know we work with real people as interns and student practitioners and stuff, but I'm talking about really you know when somebody's livelihood right there is on the line or somebody's dying in pain we have worked with acute care we get a lot of the kind of like what I call the the warm-up stuff the appetizer stuff when we're in school but then it's like uh uh-oh and uh and to be quite blunt how to deal with somebody really mad at you you know and really mad and grumpy um and not because they're you know there are some that are probably just mad and grumpy anyway but someone in that dire type of pain that you're responsible with so I, I spent some time with as an associate doc, um, specialized and really was um, at the beginning of my, uh, probably the first I have to think about five five years or so, I was really focused on learning techniques. Hmm. Um, I was really learning um, all different types of musculoskeletal techniques, all different things in that sort. And then somewhere along the line, um, uh, I got hurt Hmm. and I got hurt insidiously. And all these techniques that I had and, and, and learned about and all the gurus that I had a chance to really work with, um, they got me success marginally. Hmm. Uh, the problem was that, that there was no sticking power with it. So I stumbled upon some stuff and really a lot of the stuff I do, it's all about me. I mean, that's, that's the way it works. Uh, I investigated what didn't work and why would I have all these, these, these gold standards of techniques and all that stuff and they still didn't stick. So I investigated into more assessment work. And I started looking at, so really as times evolved, which is done, which probably is done reversed, um, I was studying techniques first and the shortcomings. Not that techniques don't matter, I think they're important to learn, Mm -hmm. but I got more involved and better with stuff when I started studying strategies and understanding how do you attack a problem, what is the approach, and what is the problem, and then applying the techniques at the appropriate times and places to really get that sticking power. So that's kind of how, how I got involved in the sports world and and in general, my my evolution in this world.
0: I think that soundbite is going to be played for my rehab class on, uh, on Friday, because that is such an important thing, you know, in school, right out of school. I, I think that's a big focus is, oh, I got to learn this technique, this technique, that technique. If you don't necessarily know how to apply that technique, then you're, you're really just guessing. Is that a feeling that you really had? Is that kind of the revelation?
1: Yeah, it, it was it was very, very, here's what you do, here's what you go. I mean, it's the old adage, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And uh, you can get people well. You can get a good percentage well. I think that that's definitely true. But I think you can really, really make your practice m- not just more efficient by understanding different strategies, but on top of that, I think you can make it more lively and fun because mm-hmm. you really don't become this just this line cook of just technical work. It's more of like okay, I need a little pepper here. I need a little salt here. I need a little extra spice. Mm-hmm. I need some, you know, whatever. mate, Tabasco because everything takes out of Tabasco, <laughs> right? Um, or, 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 or yeah. So that's kind of how how it works.
0: Yeah. So you you know you've gone through a lot of this education and learning these techniques and the assessment process. What really sparked your interest to even start working for some of these groups and teaching because you teach for for several uh, different uh, um, uh, technique bodies and and assessment bodies, particularly like uh, functional movement systems.
1: Um, really, w- what it was, is um, what what sparked me was I, I really wanted to, uh, at the time, I really wanted to do something to push myself. Mm. And, uh, I when asked when offered these opportunities um, to teach it was something that was way out of my comfort zone i mean very very out of my comfort zone because you you know i i'm sure you, all of us that you know at the rock tape we're like we can't do that who are we you know like it, it, it's it's really difficult to put the spotlight on yourself for that long and it's it's a it's a high wire act your first time it's it's <laughs> like there's no safety net there's no anything it's it's you and you know, it's, it's almost like a, a sparring match between you and the audience, but it's not like combative. It's just something there. Yeah. He said yes. Um, and uh, really, it was a way for me to push myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, and it was also a way for me to force myself to learn more. Um, when you're put on the spot like that, you can get asked anything. Yeah, um, And of course, like everything else, and I, I, I pretty much can speak for most of my my all of my teaching cadre, it's okay to say, you don't know. Yes. I mean, and and the guts to say that in front of a stage is that it's difficult. Um, or, but I, but what I love, and it goes back to our rock tape thing where I've actually had a chance, like I don't know, but I do know somebody who probably would know. And that's <laughs> the cool part. And I can say, I can get you the answer or at least I can put you in touch with the person that could at least find you an answer for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's why I decided to agree on doing it. And, uh, Part of it is is uh, it just allowed for me to have some fun uh, it, it just pushed me and had, had got to expand my my uh, my practice actually doing so,
0: yeah. So. So, I mean, you've had some experience with things like tools and you mentioned your experience with tape as well, too. When you started uh, really, uh, I guess, teaching for Rock Tape, but maybe you've adopted some of the uh, tools in education before that. Did using some of these Rock Tape tools specifically or even the the educational uh, concepts change the way that you practice with your wealth of knowledge already?
1: Yeah, it it did. Um, Yes, it did. It it changed uh, at the same time it complicated my practice because I knew a lot of stuff more. You know, I learned more in depth, but at the, at the same time, to, on the same side of that coin, it also simplified my practice. Mm. So it was like, Oh, you don't have to be married to protocol. You have to be looking at, again, we just had the conversation, the strategy of it. And then you can apply many different protocols. So it's like, Oh great. I have a lot of options. Actually. I have more options than I thought I did. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's definitely been an expansion tool to what I've done in it and it's been freeing freedom. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it takes a lot of discipline to go, okay, now you got to figure out what's, what, what, what can we do?
0: It's like that overwhelming feeling is like, I, I have all these tools. I'm, yes. I'm not quite sure which one to use. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a favorite tool? Is there anything particularly that you really love using right now? Um,
1: favorite tool that I really love using right now is, uh, the pods. Yeah. I really love using the pods because I think, uh, a the efficacy, but B, I think people patients have fun with the pods. They just do. And, and that's kind of how I've enjoyed it quite
0: a bit. Yeah, that's a very popular answer, actually, too. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, favorite tool. Do you we all kind of fall into, I wouldn't even call them specialties, but let's use that word. We all kind of follow into fall into a little bit of specialty. Throughout your career, have you realized like there's one part of the body or condition that you're like, I've seen a ton of that. And it just kind of i became that guy is there a particular thing you like or something you kind of fell into um it's interesting i think if you've been along with practice long enough you wind up becoming
1: specialists over different periods of time yeah um and what i mean by that is for a long time um i used to work with like when i in my first started my practice it was i had all these hip guys come in because <laughs> i felt one i helped one hip and then everybody possible with a hip problem, that person referred him. So you start learning a little bit more about the hip stuff. And then I started working with like, hey, you know what? And this is the cool part of what what I mean, I guess I can only you since you're I can only speak on a Cairo education because sure, it's not me. Yeah. But it's cool for the Cairo education. It's like there's a lot of stuff that we can help with, with with coming out of school that we don't even be like, ah, it's not gonna work. You know, like <laughs> and then you go, Oh crap. Well, that happened to me, and I started doing stuff with, you know, with the jaw. And I'm like, ah, that stuff is hokey. And then you go. Oh, crap, it worked. Now I got to go <laughs> read some more about it because now, so you become, and then all of a sudden everybody who's a jaw, you know, you, you, so you go through cycles. I think that you wind up uh, specializing for a while for a couple of months and then it switches over randomly. Um, yeah. So uh, I would say right now uh, the weird part of it is, is, is my specialty right now is I'm the guy that like, when it, I'm kind of in the area, I'm the second opinion guy, third guy, kind of like, okay, this isn't working. He'll tell you whether you, you can or can't and he'll, he'll give you a pretty quick opinion on yeah. that. And that's kind of been my specialty more so than anything lately. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So are you are you originally from upstate New York? No, I'm from I'm from Queens. I'm from New York City. Okay. Just so like Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: but now you're out in Tempe, right? I live out in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Phoenix, I, yeah. I what helped you location. What took you west?
1: Uh pretty much. Uh, when I graduated Cairo school, uh, luckily I actually had a had a pretty decent resume coming out as a student. Um, I did my continuing education. A lot of it actually learned my techniques as a student. So I was kind of like a turnkey associate doctor. So I, I, sw- I had a couple of different places. And uh, it boiled down to when I graduated, I didn't have a serious girlfriend, didn't have a family of my own. I mean, I had my mom, my dad and all that stuff, but I didn't have my own family. And uh, the, the thought process really was... If I stay in New York, I'm pretty sure I'd be content. Um, the question is, would I really feel like I would have been happy or had a joy in my life if I because I was educated all the way through in New York? Uh, so, and my thought process was, I could always go back home again, um, and and in the sense of if I went somewhere and I really didn't like it, didn't really you know all that stuff, I could always go back home again, and I would almost feel like I belonged there. Hmm, yeah. It truly really was, as opposed to I just never left. So, like uh, anything else, uh, <laughs> uh, at the time I had a bunch of places to choose, and uh, at the time Netflix used to mail you your DVDs. Yeah, I remember. I remember, way <laughs> back in the day, the old days. <laughs> you would have the queer. You'd have the ones that you wanted, and the crazy thing is, as I was deciding, I think three DVDs in a row all had the state of Arizona involved in it. So I said, "Where you go."
0: I was going to ask why Phoenix in particular, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was just three DVDs, had it all, and I said, you know what, called up the guy who gave me the offer, hey, let's do it, and uh, that's kind of how it worked. Been Very out cool. Since January of 2002.
0: Oh, wow, so quite some time.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah.
0: it for a while. So, a uh, little bit uh, secret about me, it's not really secret, but I was born out in uh, in, in uh, Scottsdale, actually, I lived in Mesa for uh early part of my life, so... Uh, wow definitely a great place although i'm sure they have a
1: statue of you Uh,
0: yes uh well that statue's it's it's a little old but they need to kind of update it with the old features but um yeah it's right on camelback mountain (laughs) nice the monument i got it yes Yes. but uh always a a cool place i've actually never gotten a chance to go back i have been there for 26 years and all the traveling that i do with rock tape i haven't gotten a chance to go down uh to phoenix but yeah absolutely fantastic place yeah, it's 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 grown quite a bit. It's
1: changed. Um, you know, I am a New Yorker, and I always will be, being that I was born there. But uh,
0: you know, my taxes say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a great question that always comes up with a lot of our instructors with some of the uh, uh, um, resources and networking. Uh, Opportunities that they have with a lot of sports teams, and and you've worked with a number of different sports and sports teams. The biggest question I get from listeners is, especially from students, how do I establish a network or a contact with a team or even work with an individual? Like you, for instance, you know, you were on the ART treatment teams for triathlons for Ironman. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody's always interested, like, how do I get my foot in the door? How did that start? You know, give us a little, give, give us some tips. Well, uh, I guess here, here's the,
1: the I may be oversimplifying, but it really, I think, holds true. Uh, I don't know how I got my foot in the door, but I did something that one of my teachers did way back when I was in Cairo school. Um, I sat him down, you know, he had about three, four offices off the, off the top of my head and, you know, drove the nice car, the whole shebang. You know, the guy, you, you go, that guy's kind of got a good package there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you went and said, hey, I said to him, hey, how do I, do what you do how do i get you know successful offices you're teaching you drive a good car you have a good family what do i got to do and i'll never forget those words because it still brings it his name is dr lizio i still remember him because these are the words he said specifically he said just fix people the rest will take care of itself fix people the best you can and when you can't fix anything when you can't fix it tell them also and and that's kind of how I I've I really got done my stuff. Um and word of mouth just took over uh my patience. Um and, and when I couldn't fix people, I wanted to learn how to fix people. And then the next thing you know, I've got educated and then I met other people involved in the industry. And you know, over time, hey, his face is here all the time. Oh, he actually asks good questions. Oh, he's not a lazy bastard sitting in the back of the room. He's actually trying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so so really it, how do you get in foot in the door? It's, it's not as hard as you think. Fix people and do your job. It's the best of your integrity. Uh, it sounds really like just, you know, really
0: vanilla,
1: mm. a vanilla formula, but that's kind of how I got involved. Uh, fix one person. Hey, I know a guy. Next thing you know, guy walks in, Hey, he became, you know, he became a pro. And then all of a sudden it was just, and it was that simple. Yeah. I mean, the best way to be the go-to person is to be good at what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's part of it. And, uh, also knowing your limitations, Hey, this is a surgical intervention. This is a, you know, this is a, a you know, a whatever intervention, this is out of my specialty. You know, I need you to go
0: see somebody else. Uh, it's, it, it's difficult to do yeah. that because you're turning somebody away, but yeah. Do you think, and you, you mentioned that before. So do you think it, that, that that honesty is really kind of what differentiates you from other practitioners, not to say that other practitioners are dishonest, but you're very humble there, and you're telling patients, like, "Look, I can't help you, but I will do whatever I can to try to get you help, and I'll do whatever I can in the, in in this moment." But we got to make sure we take care of you. Is is that humble honesty really something that can differentiate you from other people? You think? You'd be shocked if it, if I, I yeah, I believe so. Um, it's
1: it's having the guts to do it um, yeah. because but really having a guts to do it because you have to self examine yourself in a weird way. Like, am I doing everything that I'm supposed to do? And am I doing it to the best of my ability? And if you can't, then you've got to say, I've got to punt the ball. You know, I've got to punt the ball to somewhere else. And if, if they come back again and there's a, and they say, Hey, it's not this, no problem. It's given me permission. And even to the patients feels good. Okay. This just may take a little longer. I got it. It's, 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 it's cool. You know, I, 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 a, one of the weirdest things happened to me also when I was an associate in practice. And and again, it's, it's the weird life lessons that stick with you, you kind of remember. <clears throat> Excuse me there. I ordered an MRI, and what happened was it's like a lot of people missed it. And it wasn't because I was anything special. I just ordered it because I didn't know. Like I was like, I had a problem. And it turned out the lady had ovarian cancer
0: and
1: hmm. the beginnings of it. And she wrote a letter saying, Thank you for sending me away. I haven't seen you in a year, but you know. I've actually found out this is what we found and I've been working on getting that taken care of things. So I've never seen this person ever again, but it'll remember like, Hey, you know what you didn't know? And you were willing to ask and yeah, I didn't fix her problem, but I may have helped her in another way. And that's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think some of us get a little overzealous? Maybe just like, Oh, the fear of losing a patient and we try to do a little bit more than what we can.
1: Yeah, I think we have the fear of losing the patient. But what I've kind of seen, even in today's, you know, I kind of sound like the old grandpa right now. Um, I think that we also have this need to feel like we're proved to prove to the patient that we're right. Right. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm right, despite what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's it's humbling because it's sort of like, you could try to go out of your way to try to prove you're right. Or you could just go out of your way to help the person. I mean, you could take the choice. Yeah. And hopefully they both always you know, overlap in a very congruent fashion, but sometimes I think some practitioners are seen and I made the mistake. I'm like, I'm, I know I'm, I know it's this, I know it's this, I know it's this. And I go, damn it. It was not that at all. <laughs> and it's like, Well, you know, you went out of your way to prove you were right. And you know what, luckily nobody got hurt. Uh,
0: yeah. but I learned from it. Yeah. And that's the important thing is make sure nobody gets hurt from it. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, Tell us a little bit uh, about your practice you know like where you're located uh, your website uh, warrior uh, warriorrestoration.com. love the name tell us a little bit about how you kind of developed your practice your brand um, so what I did was uh, when it was time for me to decide what to do with uh,
1: when I was associate doc I, I had to start thinking about you know what did I really want to do with my life? Um, and and what happened was I sat down and started thinking about all these things. You learn, okay, I got a business plan, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying this is the way it has to be done. I'm just saying how I did it. I said, screw this. What am I gonna do to make me happy? And I designed the office around what made me happy, uh, meaning what were you into? Oh, I'm into fitness. I'm into kettlebells. I'm into soft tissue work, but I'm also into a good solid chiropractic adjustment. I'm into this. So what are we going to do to do that? Okay, great. Um, do I really want to spend more time with people, less time with people? Cause if you're sometimes not a people person, you want people gone, you know, like I, and it's nothing wrong. It's who you are. It's, it's, it's really about that. So I just designed it that way. Um, and I literally said, okay, well, what do I really need to have? in that type of office i'm a a for an asian i'm anti-tech um, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't have a, a ton of gizmos i'm um, <laughs> um i'm anti-tech because because i think the the uh technology is it, it, it was it, it's always it, it's evolving and i never want to get into an arms race of just buying things to to make things better I'm um, same my concern um and uh although i am thinking about getting that backpack you got
0: Oh, that thing is great. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Knack Bags. Yes, um, but uh, so
1: I designed it that way, and I said, "Okay, what do you really need?" And it wound up being a, a small space, a uh, place where I had some bells, I had my tools, my mind, uh, a table, and then just went from there. Uh, and then it's 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 been uh, it's been like that ever since. Um, I think I opened my practice at a time when the economy wasn't great. Uh, it was uh, I opened it officially in 2010 and uh the economy was a little tighter uh, at the time i think we were on the rebound but it was still a little tight so really overhead was a big concern of mine it was like okay how do i do this um and pay for everything in cash so they didn't have to worry about debt you know like in that we already already have student debt had to do all these other bills i didn't want an office bill uh, other than you know your normal rent so uh, that's kind of how i designed it um some of it was just by need
0: what uh what's the uh origin of your uh uh your uh practice name the warrior restoration idea uh
1: it, it came around that i believe uh that I, I think that everybody really is an athlete uh and you know the, the, the we all have at, athletic dna in us even in people who say, oh i'm not really an athletic i've never been athletic mm-hmm. look there's something you can do that's pretty damn cool just you know like just yeah, you know, like that kind of thing, um, but I looked at it. You know, you look at the 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 what we call the the professional warrior, right? which was the 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 athlete, the guy who gets paid to be the warrior. Um, but then I started thinking, well, hang on a second. You know, John and I go to work. You know what we do? We get ready for work. We put our battle gear on, our phones, our you know, we put our game face on. Because when you go to work, we're really an urban warrior, right? And of course. As a healthcare practitioner, a lot of people you worked on, they're weekend warriors. That's kind of the way it terms. So I just put all pieces together and said, I want to help all of them. Mm-hmm. And then restoration was really, I didn't want to make it about uh, a chiropractic practice. I wanted to come about it as in the sense of, I think when we were born, I mean, we talk about this in our, our, uh, our rock tape courses and a lot of other courses. The, the, the idea that when you're a baby it's pure and everything works well and and, and we have this great you know sequence of, of movement um so it was there mm-hmm. generally um, but it was somehow eroded so I, I really thought about what am I really doing I'm really restoring that stuff I'm not really rebuilding it I'm restoring something that was there so I put the two together uh, I just didn't I kind of wanted to to keep it more about the that than putting you in chiropractic or anything like that first of all no one pronounced it anyway so we just have, <laughs> <laughs> right so it's pronounced Jimmy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pronounced Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of how, how we put the name together. Uh, and it's yeah. kind of grown, um, you know, we had that had the fun little hashtag and we started, you know, look, it's, it's really interesting. What it, what's in a name, you know, uh, yeah. Dr. Chen and I started our course and was like, what do we, what do we name it? You know, like it's the same. Yeah. So, yeah kind of how it worked. Tell everybody what your tagline is. Uh, my my hashtag, like the hashtag that most people have seen and known as "We love you strong time." I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just uh, it, it's it's proud of me. It's 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 a fun piece. You know, it's yeah. a little, you know. Some people know where where that came from. Some people don't. So if you're
0: if you're a young one, if you're a young, young and you may not, right? Maybe not, but yeah. it might be. It might be enough mainstream that you didn't have to see that movie. (laughs) So, good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about Dr. Mark Chang. Something somebody I've been a fan of for for so many years. You know, studying through FMS, and I'm a kettlebell kettlebell guy myself. Uh, Tell us about the course you guys uh, have have together.
1: Um, we have a course. Um, it's called K3 Combat Movement Systems. Um, it is uh, because of his expertise in martial arts, um, and there are so many great drills in the history of martial arts that we may have even grazed upon in the rehab world, um, and that uh, we decided to pull out all of this stuff from his library. Um, and it's it's my job to to just just suck it, like literally just just take his brain and say, okay, I want all of it. Yeah. Um. And uh, it was because of what I went through. Um, I went through, uh, you know, all the strength and conditioning stuff, I, and, and it was working, but I also noticed that um, I have really bad ankles. I mean, I'm talking really, really bad ankles. Um, some of it's from arthritis, some of it's from gout that's kind of eroded my ankles, and uh, I was starting to lose some of uh, my footwork and whatever athleticism I did have. So I reinvestigated martial arts again, and in doing so, um, when I was about – I think it was about a blue or a purple belt. Uh, so I was somewhat lower, a middle low rank. Um, what, uh, what, what discipline of martial arts? Um, taekwondo. I, I started okay. really wanting to get my foot, feet back moving a little bit. Um, and uh, so Dr. Mark Chang sent me to this place, uh, USA Martial Arts, under Master John Nottingham, and who has a very, very broad spectrum of martial arts, not only within Taekwondo, but we use that as kind of like the, the trunk of my tree um with learning and uh, as we've done it i started using those drills early in my genesis with some of the some high stakes games in athletics meaning i had you know using it with guys playing the ryder cup match play uh, baseball football basketball guys um who would re- really have to use it and it was working great so i said listen i'm not even you know you, what you know in martial arts doc you know mark and is 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 so deep that it's actually intimidating for people who are your everyday common man, because it's like, well, of course you could do it. You spent 35 years doing this. How could you, how could you not? And so I said, here's the thing, though. You don't have to be that. And I'm going to tell you how I've been doing it in a neophyte version of things. You tell me wrong or right. And he goes, actually, we may have overcomplicated things. Because you don't know enough, you've actually Thin sliced it without even realizing it. So we've reinvestigated how to thin slice things to make it accessible for everyone. And, um, it really, one of the K's in K3 combat is Kali, which is the stick, stick part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really became, that's really where the Genesis started. I, I did some stick work with, with master John Nottingham at a USA. And it was like, Holy cow. I didn't realize my hand speed was fast. I didn't realize I can only go to my left. And it was because there was some, so it was a, you know, it was an external,ceptive s- stimulus that literally said, you need to start thinking about it because there's nothing like ducking one way and bashing your head if you don't. And, and it's and not bashing, but, you know, we use some foam sticks, um, but getting to understand that it was like, oh, that's why neck flexion is important. Well, what do you do to make neck flexion work better? How do you, what do you do? Because you've got to get away from a stick, how to UQ a hip hinge. And now I'm just like my expertise, you know, we're, we're experts in what we do as doctors of chiropractic, physical therapy, and all that type of stuff. But these guys are working it in a group setting and able to get everyone to do it, or, and very well. I said, we have to figure out how maybe we're overcomplicating how we explain some things and letting the, the exercise teach as opposed to my mouth. So yeah. that's kind of where it works.
0: Sounds a lot like we talk about this in pods, external versus internal cueing and just yep. the power of external cueing. Um, can you maybe give us an example of, of, a, of a drill or something that you, you know, you mentioned different athletes, like a baseball player, like some of the things that you would think about, you know, basic dysfunctions that a baseball player might have and, and like a, an example of a drill that you would use based so- on... The One arts. of the
1: simple ones is, is that you, you, we, I have a, we, we grab a, a banal stick because it's foam. It's what we use in our classes. Um, I gra- and w- when it first, again, this is early in my genesis. It was like, okay, I got a pitcher here who's having an issue with his arm. But what I'm seeing is, is his hips don't move. So I would grab a pillow and I said, do me a favor. Grab this stick and I want you to whack it as hard as you can against this pillow. And I would move the pillow up and down a little bit which would be the same thing as targeting if we were in martial arts, hit the head, hit you know, all of those things. And all of a sudden he started to use his hips. Hmm. So what happened was, is that I just gave him a different stimulus and, and he started to express his hips differently. I didn't do anything. Meaning this, I mean, I did my medical stuff, but it still wasn't doing what we needed to do, but I got him to express it differently because I changed the context. And as soon as he started to feel that, he started to feel, oh, my hips and my arm have to time the right way. And because it's not a familiar thing, I had no choice but to figure out how to feel. So that's kind of how one of the simple things that we do. We do a bunch of these types of drills, um, you know, uh, to, and again, it's, it's, it's difficult because now in my journey as I've progressed, I even, Doc you know, Mark said to me, well, here's the thing, as you keep progressing, you're no longer going to be a beginner. You've got your black belt. You, 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 now we've got to redo it. But a lot of the drills, because of my eclectic background and learning at USA, it's sort of like, oh, it's the first time I used staff. What would I do to do something like that? Oh, it's the first time you're using, you know, size. Well, well, well what, what's going on with my wrist now? Oh, you're doing Hapkido. What are some great, uh, if you'll see um, one of my golfers, on the t-box people thought it was nervous no no he's doing five cardinal haquito stretches for his wrists to keep wow. them nice and loose so so that's kind of how how i've uh how we've adapted it and allowed for that
0: um so that is fascinating i've always thought martial arts was such an untapped uh area for rehabilitation because it's just about moving your body and you gave us a perfect example is you didn't sit there and tell this this player this pitcher you know, okay, make sure you do, you do this with your hips and then make sure your spine's going like that. And you give him 500 different cues. You just said, hit this. Right. Yep. And then yep. he felt it in his body. That yep. is so, so cool. And I think that's just where, in my opinion, rehab really needs to go is helping, helping people just understand their bodies a little bit better, get out of the biomechanics and, and, and anatomy. We have that baseline. That's what we learned in school. That's what we practice. But then when we're really working with people's man, just get them to, to own their body.
1: So it's, it's, it's a simple, just sit down and shut up and let them figure it out. Just like we would do for a kid, a baby's learning, a dude, just let them figure out how to crawl. They'll do it. They'll figure it out. Get out of the way. Just make sure they don't hurt themselves. Yep. Get them out of the way.
0: My kids climbing up stuff. All I'm doing is sitting underneath them just to make sure they don't fall and I can catch them. But other than that, I'm not helping them do it. Yeah. They're
1: going to climb into your wallet real quick. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm more worried about I'm on the roof than on my wallet yeah there you go so um tell us a little bit m- more about uh the k3 classes like where could somebody find them where are you guys running them
1: yeah they can um so our next one we're going to be hosting is actually at the honored academy on martin oh, cool King, uh mlk weekend it's a saturday and sunday um they can find us on k3 combat and uh they're gonna kill me but uh i'm gonna offer a rock tape discount for anybody on your podcast oh hell yeah. um we're gonna take 20 percent off of the price and just uh, use the code Rocktape. tape uh, that'll be just uh just uh we were supposed to end the discount but i'm saying screw it it's, it's, <laughs> uh, we'll, let, let's just let's just well, i'm gonna put that up there so they can it's all in caps um you know they just come on and sign up
0: uh it'll be a fun one it'll be right in the home of the on academy so it'll be austin texas so that's, that's really cool yeah I've, I've seen just pictures of that facility and i've been a fan of on it for a while that's gonna be really okay. cool
1: yep so uh you know it's a Saturday Sunday, so it's great you'll be able to enjoy your Martin Luther King weekend if you're having Monday off, you know all that kind of stuff
0: yep. very cool, awesome. So one thing we really have to get into is am I to understand from your Instagram feed that you are a Cubs fan?
1: um I am yes and no <laughs> and the reason I say that is is I've been really, really blessed um with the players that I work with uh they've all been really really good people to me um, and they're really good friends and and really a few selective them actually are family like meaning like we share family pictures with each other we you know like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, even when they retire we still chat and stuff so um yes i am a cubs fan but part of it is is because of the players that i work with um and their family now i am a cubs fan also because i consulted with staff and i have friends on the staff but I, i'm kind of spread out yeah. Um, multiple different teams.
0: Well, you, um, I'm, I'm a
1: player fan um, in yeah. senses
0: like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but you're from Queens, or, or yep. did you grow up a Mets fan? No, no, no. I don't root for the Junior Varsity. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I was,
1: was going to say, yeah, you know, I was born in the Bronx, which makes me a Yankee fan.
0: There you go. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say, you know, if if you're uh, you're you're a Cubs historian, you know the the late great Ron Santo. He had a passionate dislike. For yeah. the Mets because of nineteen sixty nine. So I was going to say Cubs Mets. It's not no, something no, no, we can no, really no. do together. No, no, it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's all in good fun. But
1: I was born in the Bronx, um, and okay. uh, so as a it was it was definitely there. Um, so I am. If I had to declare a team, that is definitely one of the, the <laughs> that, that, that is like, hey, that's the that's the planning of the flag. That the origin story was from there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um,
0: so not not the junior varsity but (laughs) we always joke oh we'll see what happens with the comments on that one (laughs) yeah (laughs) well my cousins
1: are are, uh, one of my cousins is a huge him and her husband are huge met fans so (laughs) they're gonna hear that one
0: All right, Doc. Well, you told us a little bit about uh, K3 Combat, where to find that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your upcoming schedule with Rock Tape. You know, it's the end of the year. We're kind of winding down, but uh, what dates do you have coming up uh, for you? Where can we see you? What are you teaching? Um, right now, as of now, I don't
1: believe I have anything being that it's this time of year with Rock Tape. Just right. finished teaching uh, the, 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 the basic and performance course up in San Jose. Um, and it was an awesome course. It was an awesome course teaching with uh, especially a lot of the Cairo students. It's, it's amazing. Um, the energy that you get when you have these students coming out and it's like yeah. you know, the charge for you as an as an older professional um, but I don't have anything other than our 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 uh, yearly instructors conference up in in Mexico so I'm looking forward to seeing some some fun folks there um, oh, it's and gonna be some fun. strictly professional oh of course folks. Strictly, strictly. All we do is business. Yeah, all we do is just sit <laughs> down and you know it's it's a three piece suit the whole nine yards like men. In black. <laughs> it's the men in black movement. Um, but uh, as of now, I don't have anything set up in in uh, in that because I've got a couple of projects that I'm still working on. Uh, yeah. But uh, probably, I think the last two I've been asked to do I couldn't because of uh, okay. you know,
0: other things. Yeah. Are you still teaching with some of the other groups? Anything uh, with yes. like FMS coming up?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, next week I'll be here in Phoenix helping teach the uh, local TPI level one uh, certified golf fitness workshop with Titleist and uh, guys. Um, and then uh, I believe if memory serves me correct somewhere after the on it course for K3. Uh, I think I'm doing a strong first. I don't know. I got to look at my schedule. I have I, it's, it's I, have, I got two awesome reasons that I can't do as much in the beginning of next year. Yeah. And it's because two friends of mine are getting married. So cool. it, it's one of those, you, 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 like, you gotta do that for like, and they're, they're, they're really good friends. So it's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta be there for them. Marrying yeah. each other or two different weddings? Two different weddings. That's what I mean. Two, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Two different weddings. So it's, yeah, real, it's a lot. Uh, hard. It's hard to pull that one. And then they're in that beginning of the year, spring training rolls through Arizona, which is usually when I'm like, Oh, we have waste management and I can't really Oh, I think we'll have about, I'll have about six to seven players that I've worked with going through for that event. And then at the same time, we have spring training, which is mayhem here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean, like I said, I, you know, I used to live out there way, way, way long time ago. And that was kind of a big time around Arizona is when spring training rolled in, going to different games and stuff like that was always fun.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, do you, you that's, travel that's so much? I got to ask you, do you have a favorite place?
1: Favorite place in the United States? Uh, no, I really no. <laughs> um, I think that um, I really enjoy being home.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think that the more we've done it, the more home is awesome. I mean, you know, when you're when we first start doing this, the traveling is is it's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the last few workshops, what have I done? I've, I've just gone and stayed at the hotel and eaten at the hotel and just <laughs> just
0: that's about it. It's 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 uh, and it's not sad at all. I am yeah. so proud of it. <laughs> I like, am on board with that sir when when people don't i think a lot of our participants don't realize how exhausted we are after even a six hour course and i do the same thing it's like i guess i'm just going to hang out at the hotel you know yeah as a public service announcement for all of us people who travel quite a bit please learn how to get off the plane faster
1: Oh, geez. That could be an entire episode. <laughs> Maybe there should be how-to videos on what fits in the overhead and what doesn't. Make it's straight again. That's there what are. Think. I've
0: seen that classic meme, the guy who just can't fit it into the overhead, and there's no one telling him, hey, dude, that's not going to fit. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. That would so, be a great public public service announcement. I would run on political
1: office just on that campaign.
0: <laughs> All right, Doc. Tell uh, everybody one more time where they can find your social media, your website, everything. Um, Warrior Restoration is
1: my website. Um, If they want to look at the K3, obviously it's the K3 Combat.com. For myself, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram is Warrior Restore. Uh, Just, uh, it's the same, W A R, -R, Warrior Restore, smashed into one, whatever the letters you're allowed to do, type of thing.
0: Do you sell those? uh, uh, You sell merchandise on there? Because your kettlebell logo is awesome. You know what? The funny thing is, yes, I do, and no, I don't. Uh, Okay, it's
1: it's it. It started off, and then it was just like I can't keep up with sizes. I can't one the post office. I've had to ship to (laughs) Israel, Australia, New Zealand. Like I I don't even know. Like, (laughs) Like I had to send one to, believe it or not, to to like literally. I just went to Nigeria. I was like, oh, this is got to be a lie. You know, like kind of like, this is a lie. It's you the know, prince. Like, you, you have a Nigeria person who tells you you won 50,000 or have $50,000 in cash or something. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, no, this is legit. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And, uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't spend this much time filling out customs forms.
0: So. <laughs> well, definitely check out doc, uh, at any of his upcoming courses, uh, definitely that K3 combat course over the, uh, MLK weekend. And, uh, Keep checking rocktape.com for any courses that Jimmy is going to be teaching. Definitely check out warriorrestoration.com and on Instagram. And Doc, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you.